Welcome to Elevated Leadership, where we embrace the truth that everyone is a leader, whether they recognize it or not. The secret to having great impact lies in how well we lead ourselves above all else. I'm Jenny Young, a hospitality entrepreneur and certified professional coach with over 20 years of experience as a leader. Having learned the ropes the hard way, my mission is to simplify the journey for you. Let's take this path to elevated leadership together. Today, I will share a favorite lesson that I learned from my favorite leadership treasure, John Maxwell. He has written over 100 books, and my favorite that I've read is called Leadership, 11 Essential Changes Every Leader Must Embrace, and it is a real go-to for me. I've even read it with different members of our team and used it as a book club book as we do our own growth. If you don't already know, John Maxwell is basically the best. I was on my own personal journey toward better leadership when I stumbled upon his books, social media, podcast, and his messages were a real spark for me to realize that I was the key to my own true power and influence. He is a leader who encourages adding value to others. And in fact, one of my biggest manifestations and bucket list items for my life would be to meet him someday. I'll share a link to his content and to the leadership book in the show notes, and I highly recommend that you check it out. In this book, he shares something called the 25-50-25 principle of change, and this is what we're talking about today. I hope it provides as much relief for you as it did for me, and if you're someone who struggles with making decisions or trying to make everyone happy with your decisions, this is an incredible concept to learn. He mentioned that he learned it at a roundtable years earlier, so I don't know who deserves the original credit, but I love it all the same. This tool is so simple. It's so effective. As a recovering people pleaser, which we covered in episode four, I can attest that this tool helped me in countless ways. When you learn this, my hope is that it will allow you to make decisions with ease and gain buy-in from the people who matter, and then move forward through the change with confidence. Change is challenging enough, so we don't need to make it more difficult than it needs to be. A big part of being a leader is making decisions. You cannot escape it, so much so that I hear leaders complain about decision fatigue, the exhaustion that comes from constantly having to decide and guide what's happening. Maybe we'll do an episode on that if it sounds like enough of you are feeling that pain, so definitely let me know. But one thing that can make decision-making even more exhausting is trying to make decisions that everyone is happy about, and that's very exhausting because it's essentially impossible. I mean, if you're trying to make dinner plans with a couple of friends, it's pretty easy to get a unanimous decision. But as the group becomes bigger or the stakes get higher, when you increase the number of opinions and the emotions that go with those opinions, it's much harder to make decisions that absolutely everyone is happy about. Here's what John Maxwell says about the 25-50-25 principle. Whenever you cast a vision, and challenge people to achieve something greater. Basically, whenever you put out an idea for change, people will tend to fall into three groups. Typically, 25% of the people will support you. They won't have many questions. They love the idea or they trust the process. 50% of the people will remain uncommitted or uncertain. They want to see or hear a bit more, and they may have their guard up. And the final 25% of the people will resist the idea or the change. Your job as the leader is to get the people in that 50% group who are undecided 
to join the 25% who are all in. He also says, and this is what really helped me, that you need to understand that that resistant 25% aren't going to get on board regardless of what you do or say. So they cannot be where you put your focus. The positive or the uncommitted 75% deserve your focus and your attention, and winning the bottom 25% over with your idea will be a losing game. Or even if you win a few of them, it won't be worth the energy drain to get them there. In hindsight, I laugh because this has been true for every business change or growth that we've made in our own business. Sometimes it was an internal change, and I saw this happen amongst our team, Sometimes it was a more public change, and I saw it happen with public perception. At the time, I didn't realize this, and I spent a lot of time and energy trying to convince the people who were never going to get on board rather than celebrating and growing with the group that deserved my energy. This is the equivalent of getting 10 positive reviews and then obsessing over the one bad review, which for the record, I have also done. (laughs) This principle has always seemed to be true. Are there places in your life where you can see this clearly now? Even with this podcast, to use a current example, there's a great chance that 25% of people who see it won't listen, or they will listen and they won't like it. It's crazy to think that every person will love a thing. So to continue with that example, I can spend a ton of energy and emotion trying to convince the resistant 25% to please listen and please like it and then find out what they don't like and try to morph into that so that that one person will like it. Or I can give my time and energy to the 75% who are open to it. This is a silly little example where the stakes are pretty low, but expand that out to the big decisions that you need to make in your own life and in your own business. Accepting the 25-50-25 principle lets you off the hook. Big ideas are not supposed to be accepted by every single person. As a new podcast host, I don't have any sponsors yet, but in the meantime, I want to use my sponsor time to promote a business or a person who I see out in the world crushing it in leadership. This week, I'll give that shout out to the team at Boston Children's Hospital. My daughter went there last week for heart procedure, and we were told that they were the best for what we needed. And when we were there, they made us feel that they were the best. And what really struck me is that they led us through the experience with their energy and with the information that they provided us. They knew exactly what we may be feeling because they do this all the time and they addressed what we needed before we even needed it. I talk about this all the time in training our staff at the restaurant. Great service is when you can meet their needs before they even know that they have the need. And what this really boiled down to is the fact that they had a great mix of competence, they're the best in the world, and culture. Both matter a great deal and they did an amazing job as leaders. If anyone out there would like to sponsor this podcast so it continues, please reach out via email on our website, elevatedleadershipgrowth.com, and we would love to make it happen. Now that you know the 25525 tool, let's expand it out and personalize it for you. In my opinion, it really matters who is falling into each of those categories. For example, if I had a big idea, and the resistance of the 25% consisted of my best customers, most dedicated employees, and closest friends, it would give me pause. We can accept that 25% of people won't be into whatever we're doing, but if those people are strangers, it's a lot easier to accept that the idea isn't for them. But if the resistant 25% are the people who genuinely matter, that may be a reason to listen up. 
get curious about why they're resistant because they have points of view that are really valuable and possibly you hadn't considered. And I said earlier that according to John Maxwell, your goal as a leader is to encourage the undecided 50% to move closer to that agreeable 25%. And I have some ideas on how to do this. You essentially want to engage more with the 50% and you want to connect those two groups together. The resistant 25% can do their own thing. They may shift, they may not, but that is not where the bulk of your focus needs to go. Some effective ways to make this work is to give the top 25% a pedestal to stand on. In my line of work with hospitality, that could mean that I share their positive reviews online or share them with the staff. I highlight their opinions to the team or to the public. And if it's an internal shift within the company, I may ask those top 25% cheerleaders to be a resource for people who haven't quite decided yet. I may also ask them about what excites them so much about the change because that's good insight that can help me connect with others who aren't sure. Back to the example of this podcast, I can ask fans to write a review or share it. Please do that, by the way. I would read the bad reviews with an open mind, but I'm not going to share them publicly or make them the entire focus. Whoever doesn't like it probably isn't going to like it no matter what I do. Another idea is to reach out to those who you see in the 50% and ask them what they need. Do they have questions? Do they have concerns? Can you meet them where they are and make helpful connections for them? They are the majority, so hearing them is very valuable. In an example here, I recently had a local nonprofit approach our business for a donation, and I was squarely in the 50% group of being on the fence. I didn't have all the information. No one had directly asked me for one, so I really hadn't made up my mind. They asked to meet with me, and in that meeting, they brought one of their current supporters, someone from that top 25%. And this was highly effective because I was swayed by the conviction of that person. We ended up giving them the donation that they requested, and it's proof that this stuff works. I'm not here to suggest that you need to force people anywhere, but you certainly can support them in choosing a lane. If they're open-minded, make yourself available to provide them with information to get into your lane. An additional idea, if this is a major shift in your organization, is to hold larger open meetings where anyone with questions can attend and engage. Ask some members from that supportive 25% who believe in the shift to contribute to the meeting with you. We've made some huge internal shifts within our own companies and decided to get ahead of the confusion or the misinformation by holding meetings to explain directly with our own words what's happening, why it's happening, what it will look like, and to be fully open to questions and concerns. This allowed everyone to hear all of the information at the same time and in the same way, and that gets ahead of the chaos. Finally, as you engage in this whole process, be very open to listening. And I mean, really listening. When leaders are open to the concerns and questions, they can usually come up with even better solutions. That's hard to do when your ego is involved. It's hard to listen open-minded when you have fear driving the bus. The least effective leaders are the ones who either don't care or don't care to listen. I mention this mainly because I don't want this 25-50-25 principle to make you bulldoze through life and through others. I'm sure that it wouldn't because that's not the type of people who you are listening to this podcast. The takeaway is to go through the correct steps, make intentional choices that are thoughtful and listen along the way, and then 
after all of that, except that in the end, 25% of people probably aren't going to vibe with the plan. This does tie into people pleasing a bit. And if you're listening to this episode and it's setting off some light bulbs, but you haven't heard episode four, I suggest going back to listen to that one. It will probably resonate for you as well. Thank you to Swan Studios, producer Mike Perlman, and graphic designer Allison Shank. They're all vital to making this podcast look and sound the way it does. Until next time, keep elevating, and I'm here rooting for you. Mm-hmm.